Good morning and happy Palm Sunday. I saw a meme from the Episcopal Church this last week that said that it's not a party until Jesus gets here. We've read the Palm Sunday text. Waving of the palms, you've gotten palms in your thing, in your cars this morning. How many of you, you want to welcome him into your heart, you just raise that up and say, Hosanna, you honk your horns, just, but you want to welcome him into your heart. Yes, it's important to welcome him into, into our hearts. This Palm Sunday, though, it's also part of that text that almost everybody in that crowd completely turned on Jesus on Palm Sunday. That's why Good Friday service and Easter service are on the way. It's amazing that so many want to welcome Jesus, so many and, and want to, and indeed they say hello, but they struggle with the welcome, love, and follow. They welcome, love, and follow. So let me read you the text this morning. This is from John 21, 15. We're almost done with our John study. It's right on topic here for, for welcoming, welcoming Jesus into your heart and loving and following. This is on the side of the lake where Jesus has cooked breakfast. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Pointing to the fish. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus request, repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus had asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything and you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were young and you were able to do as you liked, you dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to let him know that by what kind of death he would glorify God. And then Jesus said, follow me. Now, I want to I just take a little bit of time in the language, in the language of this text. Many of you have heard the sermon. You've even heard me talk about this, that Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. And, and then he does, he, he gives him a command. And then he says, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? And Peter says, you know that I phileo you. But the third time Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? And then Peter says, you know that I phileo you. I want to say that it's, it's hard to do this Bible study without all the noise going on in the background of this. I just want to say 
that neither one of the respondents in the text seem to make any noise or utterance about the difference of the verbs. And so I want to be very careful not to um, not to move beyond what seems to be obvious in the text. It seems perfectly obvious to Peter when we read just the Peter thing that Jesus is asking if he loves him three times and Peter is responding and is grieved that he's asked a third time, even though the language he goes, well, I know that I was really bothered, but now you're asking me the way I was answering and you're doing it. I don't want to get into that too much, but I want you to know that Jesus doesn't go, yeah, I know that you really like me, but do you love me like this? No, this is a direct commissioning and restoration thing from Jesus restoring and commissioning Peter to do the love and follow peace after having him in his heart after he has denied him three specific times. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. And, and the charcoal fire that they're doing this over is, is echoed from the charcoal fire in, in the denial text. But this is all of this. Do you love me more than your, than your background? Do you love me more than these fish? Simon is a fisherman. He was raised to be a fisherman. Do you love me more than the way that your life was headed in the first case? Do you love me more than that? You know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, right? Then do the job I'm giving you. I'm, I'm asking you if you love the fish, but I'm telling you that you're going to take care of my lambs. Do you love me, Simon? Do you love me? Yes, I, you know. Then take care of my sheep. Do you love me more than these? Yes, you know that. Then feed my sheep. This is a new calling literally into uh, Peter's life. Jesus saying, I need you to accept the judgment that I know that you've denied me and I'm still calling you into this new life. That you've sinned and you're being covered, but you're being restored. And, and, and I need you to hear it deep down inside that I know that you know that you denied me three times. And I'm specifically getting to the root of the issue. Are you going to be willing to give up your past and not just go fishing when things don't go well, but do this? And in fact, I'm going to give you a little bit of the future that you're going to do and 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 what's going to happen so that you're aware of it follow me you must follow me this is a very complex sort of understanding but i want you to know that i don't necessarily think that it has much to do with the greek verbs for love in the text. What I think is going on really specifically is that Peter, the leader of the disciples, the first one to speak, the first one to always put his foot in his mouth, the first one to be gung-ho for Jesus, has specifically denied him 
three times the way Jesus said he would, and then afterwards, he's actually having each of them walked backwards and and being pulled from his old life. This is essentially a recall of Peter into the life of Jesus's calling and following. But not only that, he's also telling him what he's giving up. He's allowing him to count the cost, if you will. That's the first thing. Literally, Jesus is saying, I need you to get this thing and do what I've asked you to do, to come and follow me, to love me enough to follow, not just welcome me, not just come and eat the food that I provide, but actually to do the task at hand. Second, we know that accepting Jesus into your heart, I just need you to know this, that even in Peter, that that even Peter, that coming and knowing Jesus isn't the whole of discipleship. Knowing isn't everything. You gotta know Jesus. You know, I've I've heard so many people talk about this that that I just know this. You know, when Jesus finishes preparing me, then I'll start following him. That is just not the way it happens. That you get prepared as you go and as you learn and as you make mistakes, but you follow and you do this thing. You, we need to know that following is beyond accepting and and taking things from him it's not it's not just asking him to bless the things you're doing it's not just asking him to comfort us it's not just asking him to strengthen us it's asking him to make us first that's what many people lord just take me first take me give me everything but but what we need to know is that accepting him actually turns all that stuff around that we need to ask him to bless others, to comfort others, to strengthen them, and to make them first in our hearts because that's the attitude that Jesus came to earth, right? He came literally to earth to show that he didn't see himself first, but saw as God sees the needs of others and poured himself out. Now, this text is specifically doing this, feed my sheep, take others first. So this is the third step. It's not just follow me as I carry my cross. I know I just, you know, but it's so hard in my house with hot water. And no, that is not the follow him. That's set aside some of the things of your past and come and do this and and follow me and accept the call to be changed and move on from who you used to be. This is the call. So the first thing is we need to hear Jesus calling to you. Yes, we need to answer him. Second, we need to come in and understand that it's not, we don't come there. The love that God has for us isn't just for us. It's that this maturity and this love calls us to follow him and to take care of his people, not just our own needs. We're, we, we accepted him to take care of our need, which was that we needed a savior. Now it's our, our job to 
push out, to wave those palms essentially, and to take the heat, to, to not just welcome him into our hearts, but also to follow and to love him so much that we give ourselves up and give up our future. We don't get hurt by his teaching. Just need you to hear this. We're, we're not going to get called into this thing where life is just going to hurt us and leave us battered. No, life is going to hurt us, but that's irregardless of your calling of Jesus because you live on earth. He's going to temper us and test us because as he judges us, right? Peter in this text is also specifically hearing the judgment, the response that God knows that he denied Jesus. And he tests us because it's at that spot of judgment that Jesus is doing that literally opens Peter up to be the disciple, to be the belief, to live into the belief that Jesus is going to found his church upon, that that you are the son of the living God. Where else would we go? You're the only game in town. But in order to do that, we need to hear the full judgment, not just not human judgment, but judgment from Jesus that he actually knows who we are and that, that he loves us and is calling us into this new thing where he wants us to follow and do and live and follow, even to give up something that we love, perhaps, like fishing or the life you had. So he's not actually telling Peter to give up fishing. He's telling Peter, fishing can't be number one. This is the message of Palm Sunday. Remember, Palm Sunday, it's not a party till Jesus gets here, but we, we love the party. But the part of the party is, is that, that we need to accept the following, not just because it gets us things, but because he's called us to love into other people's lives, not just welcome him, but love and follow him. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, this morning, as we talk about Palm Sunday, as we think about how great it would have been to be there waving palms, help us recognize that waving palms and, and, and welcoming Jesus isn't the whole of the story. The whole of the story is, is that we welcome him and then we follow and then we love him. And we do and and allow ourselves to be changed and called into this new future. For those that are here today, Lord, we ask specifically, it seems like so long that we've been in 2020. We just ask you to call them into a new future where the calendar doesn't rule their lives, that you do. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, amen.